Hey everyone, this is Jack here, and this is the sixth episode of the Off the Beaten Path podcast. Right now, I'm sitting by a pool in Jujuy, Argentina, next to a beautiful one-year-old boxer who has become my good friend, and I'm watching some... Oh man, no, he's he's heard something. <laughs> um, watching some fireflies <laughs> flicker, and... Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's really these weird sort of fireflies. I've never seen them before. They flash really quickly and then go away. Um, anyway, um, yeah, before I get to Huhoy, uh, maybe I should jump back. Uh, but maybe even before I do that, I should mention it's been... I've set a new record for the longest amount of time I've went without a podcast. Um, I'm not going to continue this trend. A family member advised me to try and get them out once a week. and that's That's a good goal. I think I can do that. Um, but you know, it's been hard. It's, it's tough to make time for a podcast that you feel like you'd have all the time in the world when you're traveling like this, but you end up sitting and talking with someone and, you know, someone from Argentina who's lived here their whole life and plans to make a podcast, but you sit and talk because it's, you know, it's what I'm here to do. So, but I can, I can make some more time for it. So my goal is to start putting these out once a week again and keep them on the longer side where I'm going into more detail about what I'm doing and, um, what all is going on. So yeah, with that, I'll jump back to where I left off on my last podcast, uh, leaving Florianopolis or no, not Florianopolis. I went from Florianopolis to Igazi Falls and then left Igazi Falls to go to Cordoba on a 22 hour bus trip. And as expected, a 22 hour bus trip sucks. Um, you know, it, my body was pretty sore towards the end, but you know, I, I thought this, I wouldn't be able to sleep that well, but I actually managed to get some good sleep, maybe like eight hours of sleep, but that still left, you know, 14 hours of being awake on a bus. Oh, my friend's back. Say hi again. Doesn't want to bark? No. This is a good dog. Good dog. Um, so yeah, the, uh, 14 hours of being awake, eight hours of sleep left my back pretty sore, but I, uh, ended up making it eventually to Cordoba and I met with my host there. I ended up staying with couch surfing again for the first couple days in Cordoba. Um, really nice guy. He was a physics major at the university, at the University of Cordoba, which I came to find, came to find out as this incredible university. People come from all over, uh, Argentina, even from different countries to go to this university. It was established in like the mid 1600s and has like some absurd amount of students. I, I can't even remember the number, but it's something just crazy. Anyway, um, this guy's a physics major studying black holes, so we were able to nerd out a bit about tensor calculus and all of this stuff. His stuff is actually way over my head, nothing related to my research in chemical engineering. But it was really, really cool to talk with him, and, you know, he's the type of guy that just loves to talk about it. So we spent some time talking about physics and... um, yeah, he, he showed me a bunch around the city. Uh, we actually went rock climbing together uh, once, which was cool. And I um, cooked dinner with him and also uh, taught a couple yoga classes. You know, I mentioned that I was into yoga and we were we had made plans to go to a yoga class in Cordoba that was like a pay as much as you want class. And the class got canceled for whatever reason. So um, I was like, well, I've taken a bunch of yoga classes. Maybe I could just just teach. Oh, we have another friend coming. Hola, Otto. Hola, Otto. Here, see if you can hear his grum- grumbles. Oh, yeah, he's a grumbler. He's a grumbler. Um, 
So, uh, where was I? Oh yeah. So I taught some, I ended up coming back and just teaching a class and it was really fun. So thank you to Ashley for taking yoga teacher training and me just soaking up as much as I could and also going to so many classes with me. That's really where I learned all the yoga that I've taken. So yeah, it was really cool. We enjoyed it so much, both of us, that we ended up doing it again the next day, um, my last day staying with him on Sunday last week. And yeah, it was, it was a really nice time staying with him, you know, super generous. We, uh, I think the last, last night that I was there, we went out and, um, met up with his cousin and his cousin's girlfriend, went out and had some, some beers and a burger and then came back and drank, um, Fernet, which is this liquor they only have here in Argentina that is like, it's hard to describe. It's made with like 50 herbs or something, and it's black. It looks like, you know, Pepsi Cola that has no carbonation. And you mix it with soda, with like cola as well, or Coke, uh, because it is so bitter. I mean, just like pungent, <laughs> pungently bitter. But you, I guess you balance it out with a little bit of Coca Cola, and that makes it sweet. It's really commonly drink here. I, I I would get some, but I wouldn't drink it that often. However, the other traditional Argentinian thing that my host introduced me to was mate. And I love, love mate. Mate is a type of tea that they have here in Argentina. Um, but it's not like a, a normal way of drinking tea. Uh, they They use a lot of tea leaves, a lot of these mate tea leaves. Uh, They basically fill a small cup full of these leaves, and then you pour little bits of water that's at just the right temperature into this cup, and then take and sip out that water. So you pour the water in, let it sit for 5-10 seconds, and sip out the water. And you pass it between people. You go from, you know... Uh, someone pours a little bit of water in. There's a whole ritual to it, actually. It's very intense. Only one person's allowed to pour the water, and they pour the water in, they take their sip, and then they pour the water, and they hand it to someone else. They hand it back to them, and you pour the water, and then you hand it to someone else, and that's it just goes around the table that way. And each time, you only pour a little bit of water in, and you don't wet all the leaves. Uh, there's a way of setting up the leaves and pouring the water where you don't wet them all. Um, and the, the flavor is also quite bitter, but really, I just, I love it. Maybe it's because it also have a, has a bunch of caffeine, and I love caffeine. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, it's really, really good tea. And I just love the process of sharing mate. And then, oh, don't even get me started on the pastries. Um, th- this wasn't all with most. Uh, I met some other people during the week, and every, every Argentinian I've met just wants to show me the pastries because they're so, so good. There's these ones called... Uh, and they're like croissants that have been coated in honey. I think I may have had something like this somewhere weird, like a Ryan's or something back in America. But it's, it's I mean, if you could imagine that, but like a billion times better, because the croissants are made in these bakeries, these panaderias, where you uh they have all these different pastries and they're made fresh super fluffy crumbly pastries coated in just like a light amount of honey slightly sweet and then if you want to amp up the sweetness you can uh this traditional thing that's served here with all the breads is called dulce de leche which is this like basically caramel with evaporated milk i mean just very sticky substance really really good so 
So you have these medialunas, you have croquettes, I think is what they are, these sort of like flaky phyllo dough type pastries. Um, oh, I can't even remember all the names of them. There's some that are like the best Pop-Tart you've ever had, kind of, but not like a Pop-Tart, like um, kind of the same sort of jelly filling that's in a Pop-Tart, but uh, the bottom isn't isn't this terrible thing that is a Pop-Tart. It's this nice, chewy, doughy bread. Oh, it's just ridiculous. You have these all these sweet pastries in contrast with this really bitter mate. And, oh, you just alternate back and forth. I could just go on all day about this tradition of drinking mate with a you know, group of people and eating a few pastries. It's really nice, really nice. So... Yeah, my, my host at uh, Couch Surfing introduced me to mate, and then I fell in love with it. And pretty much every other Argentinian I met, I'm like, so are we having mate? And they're like, you like mate? What? Uh, because apparently, you know, most people don't like the bitter flavor, but I'm into it. So, yeah, um, uh, after I left uh, my Couch Surfing host, so he, he only wanted me to stay until Sunday because, you know, he's a student and wanted to get back to school and have his own space for during the week, which makes sense. So I rented a uh, private Airbnb for the first time, just rented a little apartment in like the heart of Cordoba for, uh, I think it was 15 bucks a night, 15 US dollars a night, which is not too bad. And yeah, it was pretty, pretty nice having my own space uh, for a little while, you know, just for like five, four or five days. Um, you know, I could just throw my stuff everywhere and not have to worry about locking things up or repacking my bag or anything. And this was very deliberate to, you know, stay in one city for a while, too. So started to learn my way around a little bit, you know, had some time to do laundry and uh, started meeting people and went over to um, someone's house and hung out with them for a little bit and actually made empanadas uh, with someone, which was incredible. Such a cool process. She's a vegetarian. And so we made some veggie empanadas. Um, and empanadas are, for people that don't know what they are, they're basically like um, something kind of similar to Mexican food. But they have, so they have like a floury tortilla um, bottom. Um, or So there's two types. There's the open type and the closed types. Uh, but it's basically a little shell of this flour tortilla that you either bake. Uh, the open ones you typically bake and you fill them with vegetables and meat and cheese and then bake them in the oven or you can close them kind of fold this uh floury tortilla on itself and uh deep fry them so i've had them both ways now and they're both amazing uh when i cook them with my friend in cordoba we uh we made the baked type and we did them vegetarian style which is actually not that common here but she's a vegetarian and i really liked them that way too because we made all these sort of interesting fillings where you know, if you just get them, it's mostly meat and most of uh, the meat versions of them. But we had like these little miniature pumpkin things that were kind of like zucchinis. I always forget the name of them. Uh, oh, I asked, I've cooked with them since, but I've, I've since forgotten the name. Vocabulary is hard. It's hard to make it stick sometimes. Um, so these little things, ceboyas, onions, um, hongos. Hongos, not hongos, no H. Uh, mushrooms, e garlic. Don't remember garlic. And yeah, it was it was lots of fillings. We actually made two different types of empanadas and this great salty cheese on top and baked it. I have pictures all over Instagram, so 
you can go check those out. So it was really cool to be able to cook and make these like traditional Argentinian food empanadas. It'd be cool to make the fried type at some point. Um, I think empanadas are popular all over Chile and Peru, so I'll probably get a chance to cook these again. Um, but yeah, actually, to, to go back to the wrappers for a second, like the wrappers, like as they're like a tortilla. But they're um, soft and kind of sticky. So it's a little more of a wet dough. And you can kind of fold it into whatever shape you want and use a little water to make it stick to itself. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's really fun making empanadas. Um, so, yeah, what else about Cordoba? Uh, you know, it was, like I said, I, slowing the pace of travel down a little bit. I really liked the city. Young city with all the students. Uh, really beautiful, went for a run one day and just sort of ran along these little kind of canals through the city. I guess they're rivers, but they're, there's not much water flowing, and it's mostly just like these stone uh, ways for water to flow. They're quite deep, and just running alongside those with all the trees, it was, it was really nice. So, um, yeah, Cordoba was a really great time. Really enjoyed the city, and... Um, it's tough to say goodbye because I made some really good friends there, and uh, that's been a consistent theme, but here we go. Um, yeah, and then uh, took another night bus once uh, on Friday of this past week up to Hohoi, and that was maybe the best bus I've ever been on because I managed to find one where it was uh, full comma is what it's called. Uh, so you, it's like a full bed, basically, comma is bed. And you, uh, before it's like executive comma or like partial comma, you know, you, you basically get a seat that's like a lazy boy that goes most of the way back and your body can't go flat. And I just, it can't sleep as well on those. But this one, it laid all the way flat. You could put your legs up and it was like a proper bed. And <laughs> I didn't get much sleep my last night in Cordoba. So, uh, I was out. Like I, I went there, I watched a little something on Netflix, and I was like, okay, I think I'm ready for bed. And I woke up as we were pulling into the station in Hohoi, and I was like, wow, that's that's how a night bus should be. You know, just go to sleep, and you wake up somewhere else. And, um, yeah, so Hohoi is, is quite different than uh, Cordoba, for sure. It's, uh, I, I can sense more of, like, the Bolivian culture. It's it's like this weird merger Um you know, you start to hear less yo and more yo in the Spanish for those people who are Spanish-speaking out there. Um, yeah, Argentinians have this particular way of speaking. Oh, I, that's something else I could go off on a tangent about. Um, maybe just to briefly mention this, Argentinian Spanish is ridiculous <laughs> in some way. It's not. I shouldn't say that to all my Argentinian friends. It's not ridiculous. It's regional, and I love it, and it has all of its little local beautiful aspects to it but so they don't say ellos they say ellos so anytime you have a y sound it becomes a j and uh they the most confusing thing though is they don't use two so yo tu el ele no no two they say vos which is like some crazy hybrid of vosotros um the plural you that they use in spain that they actually don't even use here and it's not just the pronouns, it's the, the way they conjugate the verbs as well. So it's not de donde eres, where are you from, but de donde sos. So this sort of weird vosotros conjugation. 
it'd be sois in in España, but no, they say sos. So it's not even quite the vosotros form. Just crazy. Uh, but anyway, uh, so I'm still hearing the vos stuff. I've been asking about that just because I'm interested. But you're hearing less of uh, uh, of the yo yo. Uh, you hear more of the yo. Como se llama? Como se llama? No. So yeah, interesting regional aspects of Spanish as I continue to try and learn this language. Um, I didn't learn. Maybe it's just because I was in my first week, but in Cordoba, I feel like I didn't progress that much in Spanish. Oh, one thing else to mention. I did take uh, a little private Spanish lesson for like an hour and a half with an English teacher there. and It was moderately helpful, but I feel like I've gotten much more help just talking with people and um, yeah. So coming back to Hujoy, um yeah, I've, when I arrived off the night bus, uh, my... I have I met up with someone else on couch surfing. Um, a little tangent of a story. When I was staying in Igazi Falls, I met a really friendly German guy who had stayed up here in northern Argentina and strongly recommended um, a spot. He's like, this place was amazing, so cool. And so I reached out to the guy, even though he said on the profile he wasn't accepting people. And I said, hey, this guy, other guy from Germany recommended me. And he's like, you're in. And he, he like immediately accepted me. And this never happens on Couchsurfing. Normally you send out five messages and you wait a few days and someone responds yes. But this was like immediate, one person, yes. And I was like, well, I guess I've got that figured out. Um, and it lived up to the height. Um, you know, I was you know, messaging is like, oh, I'm getting in kind of early. Just let me know. I can hang around until it's convenient or take a bus out to where you live because he lives a little outside of the city. And he's like, no, I'll come pick you up from the bus terminal. And yeah, he's been the nicest guy. He's an older guy um, who's a doctor here in Hujoy and he's lived here his whole life, although he's done a, quite a bit of traveling. He's been to Seattle three times and um, could go on about all the conversations we've had. Um, yeah, and he... Uh, it's just been incredibly generous with his time and with food and his place. Um, when I first arrived, there were actually five other couch surfers staying here. So, you know, he's, he's older and his, um, both of his kids have moved down to Cordoba, actually, to go to the university there. And um, I guess he has a lot of room in his house and he loves to host people. He's been hosting people for three years. He said he's hosted 200 people from 50 countries and... Uh, wow. I mean, it's just, you can see all the international things and all the, the little thank you notes all around the house from all the people that have come here. Um, yeah. And so when I first arrived, you know, it's the, (laughs) they, uh, such an interesting group of people, someone from Sweden, someone, two people from Germany, uh, someone from France, someone from Switzerland, and no one, no one was traveling with anyone else. We were all solo traveling. So, uh, you know, we get together and then, uh, you know, I think the first day we went out and bought some food, uh, bought some beef to cook and some veggies. And, uh, I, me and one of the, one of the guys from Germany ended up cooking a, a big meal that night and, um, making food for all seven of us. And we all sit around and <laughs> the language is flying around the table, French, Spanish, um, you know, German, English. I'm trying to keep up with all of it. It's crazy. And there was one time someone switched to French and I wasn't expecting it. And I thought my head was going to explode. It was so I was like, what is happening? Because, you know, French has all of these similar sounds. <laughs> I thought I was going crazy or similar words, but different sounds. 
so yeah uh it's it's been really cool hanging out with all these people um you know some kind of short-term friends hanging out with some uh some folks here uh and then so yeah that was the the first night there just sort of got some food came back here oh i tried some some argentinian ice cream for the first time and it was it was so good so so good uh dulce de leche flavored this caramely oh oh it's just amazing um yeah so just that first day went to town got some ice cream got some groceries came back and just sort of hung around made dinner um oh we had lunch too um i think my host here he uh uh hires someone to come cook lunch and it was really good there was this one eggplant dish that was just incredible Berenjena um, eggplant, something like that. I think that's that's close. <laughs> people people would understand what I mean. Um, so yeah, after uh, after that first day, um, what did we do that second day? Um, yeah, I haven't done too much here on the second day. I it was mostly just coordinating, trying to rent a car. This has been like this big task. Um, so uh, been, I made an event on couch surfing. Uh, some, the German guy that actually recommended this place, he said, you should just make an event on couch surfing and see if you can rent a car and do some exploring with people. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. So I um, made this event and actually got a lot of interest. Like I think six people ended up responding and uh, found five people you know, that we could all fit in a car and seemed like they wanted to go. And that process, I say that, it's like, oh, that was easy, but a lot of coordinating and everything. And so um, that was yesterday. And yeah, yesterday also like, um, yeah. So in addition to that coordinating, I went for a run. I had lots of conversations with people here around the house and ended up cooking dinner again. Oh, and last night uh, I was planning on cooking dinner and uh, the, the gas went out. It stopped working. So I didn't end up start like we're just gonna try and have uh, make dinner and have it ready by 10 p.m., which is the normal time to eat here. <laughs> but um, I actually didn't start cooking until 10 p.m. and uh, finished uh, like actually we ate at like 11:30. It was it was so late, but that's normal here. Um, oh, I should give some context for that. So the reason why that's normal is because particularly here in rural, more rural Argentina, they have this this different work schedule than what I think we're used to, or you go in, you work in the morning for maybe three, four hours, and then around 1 p.m. or maybe 12 p.m., you come home and for a siesta. Siesta means nap in Spanish, but it also means this time of day where you're not working in the middle of the day. And you go back to work at 5 p.m., work for another four hours, and then maybe come home again around 9 or 9.30. So dinner is very typically served at 10 p.m., and yeah, it's uh, everyone here thinks that's completely normal and that other places are weird for having dinner. Like you have dinner at seven or eight. Oh, it's, that's crazy. You know? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's, that was interesting. Um, so anyway, last night the gas went out and I had to wait for Lewis to come home to realize, Oh, we just need to switch the gas tank over. Um, there's this, like these giant cylinders that have uh, stored gas and you just close one and open the other one and it's working. Um, but yeah, so I didn't end up cooking until like 11 last night. So I was like frantically chopping those little pumpkins I was telling you about and just like getting it all done. <laughs> Cause I didn't think I was like, Oh, well, I guess I'll just 
we'll eat leftover empanadas. But then like people wanted me to cook. I know they wanted me to cook. So I was like, all right, I'll do it. So, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, that was yesterday. I coordinated that. And then today's been kind of a chaotic day. Didn't quite go as planned. Uh, had everything, you know, had the group ready to rent a car and we go to the place to rent the car, seeing that it was available online. But today's a holiday, um, here. I, I'm not quite sure what the holiday is, but everything was closed. Like a lot of the rental car places were closed and the only one that was open, like it was taking a long time to get the car and then it was twice as much as we thought it would be. Like we were expecting to be $50 for a day and it was actually like $100 for a day because they only had the nice luxury car available. So we ended up rescheduling that for tomorrow morning. So the group of five of us um, talked about it and uh, we can get this, the, the $50 car tomorrow. So that's what we're going to do. And... Um, yeah, we ended up just all hanging out today. Um, one person from Argentina, one person from Poland, another person from Belarus, where they speak Russian. It's uh, borders Russia. I must admit, my geography is bad enough where I needed to, of that region at least, is bad enough that I needed to look that up. Uh, but I've learned a lot about Belarus. First person I've ever met from Belarus, really nice guy. Um, yeah, so it's uh, the five of us. Um, oh, I'm missing one person, the, another guy from Argentina, who's actually from a different region traveling through this region. So two Argentinians, one Polish person, one Belarusian person, and me. And yeah, we're all going to rent a car tomorrow and do some exploring around this beautiful, beautiful area. Huhoy is this very sort of like hilly, mountainous regions. You know, it's we're we're kind of in the foothills is almost how I describe it, but really big foothills for really big mountains. Um, and if you just keep going, I think right now we're at 1200 meters and then, uh, tomorrow we're going to Salinas Grandes, which are the big salt flats. And they're at like 3,200 meters. So we just have ridiculous elevation change tomorrow. Um, just driving around all these mountainous areas. We're going to a couple other places, but I'll, leave that to talk about maybe after it it happens so yeah that that pretty much brings us back up to the present um this has definitely been the longest podcast so far i've gone off on a few tangents but i hope people everyone who's listening enjoys those i think that's kind of what makes this interesting so yeah i'm trying to think if there's anything else um Maybe a little update on my Spanish learning progress. It's it's coming along. I've, I'm feeling more and more confident with things. Um, you know, just little phrases here and there. Cena está casi lista. Dinner is almost ready. Simple. Um, you know, little little things like that. And uh, <laughs> you know, every day I'm just like, oh, how do you say this? How do you say that? And trying to just learn a few words every day, because that's my biggest thing is the vocabulary. Um, so I think the word for the day is uh, pasto, which is grass. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I think um, I, I really feeling confident that I can get on this semi-conversational level, but we'll see. I have high hopes. Just keep keep working on it every day. So yeah, I think that's about it. My dog friends have left me. I'm all alone out here, so I should go in there. I think people are rustling, rustling around about to cook dinner. And I hoped if I could hide away, maybe I could get out of cooking it tonight. 
no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I don't mind cooking. It's fun. But, uh, yeah, I think that's it. I, with that, I will uh, wrap up my podcast, and I'll talk to you guys next time. See ya.